Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. If you would like more information about recovery from a relationship with a person with a cluster B disorder, please visit my website, NARC Troopers, where you will find podcast uh, articles, video blogs, um, sessions for recovery therapy that are offered and just a whole lot of uh, different resources to help you uh, get on the other side of this thing. <clears throat> so today we're going to talk about how some of us only crave crazy. Yep, you know that this is true. Some of us only want um, people who are disordered, dysregulated, and who have some kind of mental health um, condition. Um, I call it being a narcoholic. Uh, I think I think I am a narcoholic and I'm working on my sobriety and you know um, I fall off the wagon here and there but for the most part I, I you know it's it's a journey right staying sober staying away from people who are disordered like this and it is an addiction to this particular type of person um, for sure 100% and I'm not, I know a lot of you get that and so let's take a little look and dig around a little bit into the delicious and decadent cluster B addiction that is definitely an addiction just like alcohol or drugs or shopping or gambling or sex addiction or whatever. This is yet another kind that is um, that affects a lot of people. <clears throat> so um, for some of us, only a disordered person with malignant narcissism, borderline psychopathy or antisocial personality disorder will do. That's right. Everyone else pales in comparison to the spectacular light show and pyrotechnics and all of this, you know, extravaganza that is only uh, something that a neurodivergent person can deliver. They are charming and witty, um, interesting and clever, seductive and naughty. It is a delicious double serving of decadence and delight, but just wait, just wait till the bill comes. The cost of this bodacious buffet? Well, it is a price that you can never afford to pay. Never, ever. Um, so why do so many of us seem to chase this destruction and court disaster? That is the question we want to pose here. Do we not see the danger and step away to a safer place? I told someone recently that after experiencing the outrageous out-of-bounds behavior of a narcissist, that instead of walking away and never looking back, I stayed, I faced them head on, and I upped the ante. I seized the opportunity to always go one more step beyond, to not be deterred by their lawlessness, 
but rather be inspired um, to take it up a notch and to always show them that whatever craziness they can bring, I can outperform it and I can surpass that uh, and even, you know, whatever they can imagine in their wildest dreams, you know, uh, because, yeah, that's uh, how much, how much, how, how I can be. And, um, okay, how about this? You eat a bug. <clears throat> you eat three. Um, well, I'll eat four. Uh, this, this disordered person, this narcissist, sociopath, psychopath person, they're going to steal some gum. I'll put the whole chicken in my purse, you know, in the store. I'm not going to just steal gum. I'll put a whole chicken in there. Um, you will uh, drink five shots. I will drink ten. You expose yourself while driving down the freeway. I'll take my shirt off and moonwalk topless down the street. You jaywalk across that same street. I'll run across, you know, Highway 5 at rush hour with, you know, like Frogger. Remember Frogger? While wearing a blindfold? <laughs> yes, that's me. Get it? Get, you know, you, you get the picture, right? What it's like to uh, have this compulsion to to uh, prove that that you can be um, as over the top as they are. So why are some of us even drawn into the game? Clearly the behaviors are wrong. Obviously the narcissist is a tornado, a hurricane, a freaking volcano that is always on the brink of eruption with hot molten lava covering everyone and everything until nothing but ash remains. They burn too hot and they make you feel too much. Fire is purifying and after they have burned you to the ground, maybe you can come back stronger like a forest after a fire. Maybe it helps to clean up the messy parts of ourselves and create a better version. Even so, it hurts to burn in those beautiful flames. It's hard to remember that beneath their seductive exterior is death and that for every bit of pleasure, pain will inevitably follow. They are a slippery virus, a plague, a cleansing scourge upon the earth. They are Armageddon. And the battle for your soul is real. To many members of the Cluster B Club, it is all a game and nothing but a game. And they are hell-bent on winning no matter what they have to do. Because a person with a Cluster B disorder, it's all about control and winning. And they have to be in control and they have to be winning. And through it all, the covert vulnerable, shy narcissist will be an adorable little cutie patootie, so lovable and kind and sweet and polite and timid and helpful and so gentle. They see themselves as the hero of every story, the white knight coming to your emotional rescue. When things go bad, and they always will, 
There is nothing left but blame and contempt and disgust and indignance and smearing and hostility and resentment and, and it will all be directed at you because it will, it will always, always be your fault. They can't take accountability. They have no culpability. They are incapable of being responsible for anything. It will always be your fault. You know, we see it, we know it, and we feel it that there is something not right with this person. You know, yet we don't walk away. And we saw it early on, right at the beginning. We saw those red flags, but we move closer. And we lean in and we hang on and we try to tell ourselves that they are just having um, a rough time and it will pass. And maybe it is your fault after all. And, and that they, you know, they're going to stop hurting you any day now and accept responsibility for all the bad things they have done. You know, that's not going to happen, right? And so why do we do it? We do it because we cannot not do it. We do it because we cannot not do it. Here's some reasons why. We choose them because we also seek external validation and emotional regulation just like they do. We do it because we, we choose them because it feels like home and the abuse is familiar. We choose them because they are willing to play your better mother if you agree to be their proxy mother and you parentify each other. We choose them because we feel like our soul is on fire and burning for them in ways that must be consummated. We choose them because we think we are healers who can bring them back to life like Lazarus, you know, we that's we have that kind of view of ourselves that we can fix them and heal them and bring back the dead we choose them because we think we um can do nothing else we're arrogant we're obsessive and you know we must be sure we are the most profound love of their life we have to win you know or maybe competitive that way and we choose them because we cannot breathe without them. And our heart will surely stop if they ever leave. We choose them because it is organic and destined. And they are our twin flame that has been beside us for millennia. We choose them because we are also damaged from trauma and suffer from our own cluster B or cluster C disorder, perhaps. We choose them because we have no other choice, and we know that um, we just have to, have to do it, no matter what the cost. You know, after three to four years of hard work to arrive and uh, at some kind of peace with all of this, to survive and to thrive, to um, construct a new and improved version of myself post-discard after this past three to four, three and a half years, you know, um, numerous failed attempts to partner with nice, normal people. I have studied and researched 
and trained and prepared myself to become the exemplar, the one who crumbled but put all the pieces back together again so that I can hold the torch and lead the way for other people in the same situation. That That's kind of what I've wanted to do now for the last three and a half years. You know, I have honorable and noble intentions to take other victims slash volunteers to higher ground in hopes of getting a full recovery from the ties that bind us to the narcissist in our lives. But something happened. Um, I recently realized something. I am that same girl. The one who would walk into the tumultuous ocean and drown myself if my narcissist beckoned me to wade into the storm to help him. If he was standing out there saying, come on, baby, come towards me, <laughs> you know, knowing that I can't swim, can't swim a stroke, sink like a rock. That's me. If he was out there calling for me, I am that same girl who would stand by and, and watch sadly, foolishly waving goodbye as every single thing in my life of value and every single person I loved just floated away into the horizon just so that I could use both of my hands to hold on to this dysregulated, disordered cluster B man. And I would walk into that ocean, eyes wide open, fixed on him like a tractor beam, like the Death Star. And I would just go to my death because he was standing there asking me to. And yeah, it's like that. I realized I'm still that same girl. What has changed is that I have learned to self-validate and become more independent. I have learned how to manage wild panic attacks and crippling anxiety like I had never experienced this in my whole life until he left and I had one the day he left and I've been having them ever since less as time goes on but I still have them it's PTSD it it's trauma it's that's really what that is I have learned that I can be alone and I have learned that, um, you know, maybe I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life and I'm not going to die. That's not going to kill me. I won't just cease to exist because I do not have a partner. I have learned that surrendering to someone more powerful than life, you know, more powerful than life itself is more powerful um, than, than anything and that I need God, uh, source, uh, something like that to assist me. I believe that I have to have that to help lift me up uh, more. I have, I have learned that I'm an addict. I'm an addict addicted to people who are neurodivergent and unreachable. I have learned that trauma is generational and my children will carry this into their futures. I learned that grief can go on forever, but you learn to live beside it, even though it's still stuck onto you and it's become part of you.
of who you are your your grief I I have learned that I am fearless about almost everything that life can throw at me now I am I have no fear of death I have no fear of loss I've already lost everything that mattered to me and in a sense I already died I I died he murdered me when he left three and a half years ago but what about my weakness you may wonder my Achilles heel I say I'm fearless I'm strong I'm surviving and all of this but there's a weakness there that there, there's something that is preventing me from being a hundred percent free of this addiction and um, so I'll tell you this there's the, this brilliant gifted gorgeous stunning sexy cluster B man who entered my life recently mm-hmm. and suddenly after three and a half years of constant numbness I woke up again I woke up and I thought wow you know wow I can still feel excited I can still feel um, some powerful feelings stirring in me I was gobsmacked isn't that a great word I was gobsmacked flabbergasted that's another one I was giddy I was excited beyond reason electrified to find someone that um, matches and even exceeds my gifts of mind and affinity for words I suddenly remember how I felt when I first met my narcissist husband nearly 20 years ago ready to learn and receive ready to be his clay similarly now I find myself entertaining scenarios where my new friend and I face the impending apocalypse together it feels like one mind kind of a hive mind one breath a perfect cadence rhythm and flow it feels like home so what about what uh, is the problem you may be wondering <laughs> he's a narcissist he's borderline he's who knows what else he's a cluster B disordered individual yes the one person I've met in three and a half years and I've met a lot of people the one who really flipped the switch for me again is is he knows what he is he says I I am borderline I have narcissistic tendencies I am that that's that's why I'm so smart that's why I'm this genius and I know all this stuff he admits it and so what does that say about me and my progress what about all the progress that I've made you know well I have begun to wonder if any of it really matters in the end if you know if we simply return to the calling it's it's right it's kind of like the calling that stirs like a wild beast inside our chest if we are powerless to overcome what we have been hardwired to do over and over again to dive headfirst into a borderless boundaryless ocean of ecstasy and pain 
to be who we really are at our core, a beautiful, tragic, neurodivergent citizen of the cluster. The cluster. The cluster B. I believe we are what we are, but we can learn to be better, to do better, to try our damnedest never to hurt anyone ever again with our mindless obsessions and reckless addiction. I believe that I will most likely always fall for the wrong guy, the wild one, the outrageous one, the elusive one, the unavailable one, the passionate one, the one who slays you in the end because they are a narcissist or a sociopath or a psychopath or a borderline. I imagine I will always fall for those men. But I want desperately to tell my readers, you know, that we can all escape this fate, that we can learn to be happy with a normal, regular person who is sane and accessible. Maybe some of you can pull it off. You know, I sure hope we all can. And even though we're attracted to this, you know, bad boy, this damaged, broken, hollow human that we're attracted to because we have that, we're, we're narcoholics. Maybe you, this resonates with you and you know you have that too. You know, I, <clears throat> we may be too flawed to ever maintain sobriety forever, but it really is a matter of getting sober and staying sober. Um, and, and I hope that we can do that. It's like you ask any alcoholic or drug addict or any person who's in recovery and in a 12-step program, you know, they're, they're doing what we're doing. They're trying to survive and thrive and be sober and be free of their addiction. And while a lot of times, sometimes you fall off the wagon, sometimes, you know, those hardwired core feelings that give you that addictive compulsion in the first place are still there. But if you know it and you can recognize it, I don't see why we can't slam on the brakes. You know, me and, and the guy, the guy that I met that was just blew me away because he was so amazing. You know, I, it just didn't, it couldn't, um, happen. And, uh, you know, I know that some of us may be a little too flawed to ever um, just do this for the rest of your life, 100%. But in the meantime, you know, I guess we'll see how it unfolds. Even if things don't continue, um, for any of us, this, you know, this newly discovered magnificent conqueror that I met and everything, at least I know what he is and that I still have a pulse and that there is still a heart in there that is fluttering and beating and hoping to capture that feeling when I text or see or hear, well, in this case, his voice, I, I know it's still in there. I know I'm still, I'm not dead. I'm not numb. I'm not empty and hollow like the narcissist is. 
I am capable of, of feeling feelings and um, and I know what love is the narcissist doesn't I do I know what it means sacrifice accountability fidelity loyalty devotion compromise sacrifice hard work nitty-gritty stinky messy work I get it I know what real love is and I can do it again I thought I might be dead but I'm not I'm not and I don't think you are either I don't think any of us are they may have murdered who we were but they can't murder who we are do you understand the difference they may have murdered who we were with them the life we had with them they may have slayed that poor girl or for some of you guys you know this is a genderless kind of thing they may have murdered you but it doesn't matter because you your identity your core self who you are without them that's still there I know it I know it's still there I feel it inside of me and I see it inside of my clients inside inside of the people in support groups inside of the people who say I'm just dying I can't get up off the ground I can't get on this is too freaking hard I see it that they do still possess that that capability within them to be okay and to survive and to go on and to um, you know to do what they need to do so I say you know I'm not dead yet maybe death by cluster B can be better than death by COVID I don't know but I'm still here and neither one of those things took me out of the game you know those are these are crazy times right now aren't they um, you know we choose what happens next and uh, we have to stake out you know our hill to die on right we have to figure out what it is that we're willing to just um, go hard ride or die see it to the end and I think that our soul our ability to love to really love not just fake it and go through the motions in the weird freakish kind of way that the narcissist does but to genuinely love someone we have we can do that we can do that we may have flaws we may have an addiction you may be a narcoholic but you can get sober you can love someone you can be healthy and you can have a healthy relationship that's exciting right um, I'm glad that the little three or four month thing that I had with the person who was a narcissist and a borderline I'm glad that it didn't continue because it was taking up space and uh, preventing me from continuing my journey to work on myself it was like a momentary lapse of reason getting off track and being again lured into the woods <laughs> do not go into the woods remember what happened to Little Red Riding Hood there are wolves in them there woods over yonder and you should not go in them you should not enter them stay away from them stay on the path don't even look at the woods 
don't even look over there um, because even though it's beautiful and it's enchanting and mysterious and ooh, what's over here nope don't do it don't even do it and I know that we can be okay we can get on the other side of this we can control and manage um, ourselves in a way where everything works out uh, so that we can be the best version of ourselves possible we can heal we can recover lessons learned wiser smarter better versions of ourselves in more control with more tools more tips more techniques to manage ourselves so that moving forward you know we can stay on the track we may momentarily be taken off the path and be distracted and fall prey to something briefly but you know we're human forgive our forgive yourself and and move on move on towards higher ground because when you get to the top of that mountain it's going to be glorious because it's going to be better than the fake world that that narcissist has to offer you deserve more than that you deserve something real so let's go for it everybody we can do it i believe that we can i am here for you let's go let's go get it done much love everybody here we go this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.